I'm Father Ron Shibley, founder and director of the Anglican Internet Church. This podcast homily for Sexagesima Sunday is the second in a series of three podcast homilies for Jessima's season. It is part of the AIC series of homilies for all the Sundays in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. Revisions to this series are part of the AIC's continuing celebration of the start of its second decade on the web. The musical theme is an excerpt from Allegre's Miserere May, used under license from Lynn Publishing. It is the theme used for the companion AIC seasonal video series Jessima, the Sundays of Pre-Lent. Listeners to this program may benefit from the AIC seasonal video series Jessima, the Pre-Lenten Season, which is presented in two episodes, each linked from the digital library page with the podcast version linked from the podcast archive page, all available at our website, www.anglicaninternetchurch.net. This series gives a brief history of the Jessima season, including the origin and meaning of the names, Anglican traditions of Jessima, including the seasonal colors, and commentary on the readings for the three Sundays in Jessima season in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. The Collect Epistle and Gospel readings for Sexagesima Sunday are found in Episode 2. Sexagesima Sunday, the 8th Sunday and 57th day before Easter, and not 60 days before Easter as the name implies. I discuss the error in the name in the podcast homily for Septuagesima Sunday. The epistle reading for Sexagesima Sunday is 2 Corinthians 11, verses 19 to 31, St. Paul's homily concerning dealing with the adversities of secular life, which are also referred to in the Collect for Sexagesima Sunday. St. Paul established the congregation at Corinth on his third missionary journey between 53 and 57 A.D. The area had a significant Jewish presence which often worked against the spread of Christianity. St. Paul restates his credentials as a Jew and as a Christian in verses 22 and 23. In verses 25 and 26, he lists the many assaults on his person, beatings with both rods and whips, stonings, being shipwrecked three times, and robbed by both Jew and Gentile, both in cities and in the wilderness. Other adversities in his list in verses 27 and 28 include sleeplessness, weariness, hunger, cold, and lack of proper clothing. His message that through all this he soldiered on in the service of the church, and by implication that his readers at Corinth and by further extension in the here and the now, should do likewise. The Gospel reading for Sexagesima Sunday, Luke 8, verses 4 to 15, is the parable of the sower, another reminder to the faithful to be ready for the coming of judgment. The same parable is also found in Matthew 13, 1 to 23, and Mark 4, 1 to 20. Just before the actual verses in the pericope, St. Luke relates that Jesus and the twelve were in the Gentile region of Galilee, probably near the city of Capernaum, a Jewish enclave. 
St. Luke says in verse 1 that they traveled to, quote, every city and village, preaching and bringing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God. In verses 2 and 3, he tells of how the travelers came upon a group of women, including Mary called Magdalene, and Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and another called Susanna, all of whom he had healed of various illnesses, and in the case of Mary Magdalene, driven out seven demons. They provided for the traveling party, quote, from their substance, likely meaning they provided food and lodging. Traditional scholars believe that it was these women who appear again later in the gospel as observers of Jesus' death upon the cross in Luke 23, verse 49, and as helpers in the preparation of Jesus' body for burial in Luke 23, verse 55, and at least two of them as witnesses to the resurrection in chapter 24, verse 10. There is an important lesson here beyond the words of the actual parable. These women stood by him and did not, quote, fall away. Remember that phrase, fall away, when we reach the discussion of verse 13, in the face of adversity and temptation. In the context of the parable of the sower, they are the fruit of good seed fallen upon good soil. In the parable, Jesus speaks of a sower whose seed falls mostly where he intended, that is, in the fields. But some fell upon the path between the fields, where their shoots were trampled. Other seed fell upon rock, where it died for lack of moisture. Other seeds came up among the thickets, or clusters of weeds and grasses, and were choked out. Most of the sower's seeds fell upon good soil and sprouted and yielded a bounteous crop, or, as he puts it in verse 8, grew up an hundredfold. After telling the parable, Jesus quoted the Septuagint text of Isaiah 6, verse 9. Note that the final word is followed by an exclamation point. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. St. John quoted Jesus using the same phrase several times at the end of the letters to the churches of Asia Minor in chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation. The parable is an example of Christian wisdom or understanding as opposed to knowledge. The great Eastern Saint Basil, the great bishop of Caesarea, put the idea into a petition in one of his prayers, Enlighten the eyes of my understanding. Open my ears to receive thy words. When the twelve begged for an explanation, Jesus first reminded them of the special gift they alone had received, that is, knowledge of the mysteries of the kingdom of God. Here is Jesus' explanation. The seed, in verse 11, is the word of God. The seeds that fall among the paths or the wayside, in verse 12, are the ones who hear but allow the temptations of the devil to take away the seeds from their hearts lest they grow and they be saved. As an aside here, you should consult C.S. Lewis's The Screwtape Letters for lessons in the forms in which temptation can be offered. If you have not read The Screwtape Letters, you should do so in the near future. A recent paperback version is available at Amazon.com.
The seeds that fell on the dry rocks in verse 13 are those who react with joy at receiving the word, but who, quote, have no root, who believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away. The phrase fall away should be understood in its Old Testament context, especially Ecclesiasticus, where it means behavior contrary to the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which is also commonly called sin. Those who easily fall away through temptation are the opposite of the people like the three Galilean women who, having heard the words of the Lord, and in the case of Mary Magdalene, been cured of seven demons, remained faithful to him to the end. The seeds that fall among the thorns in verse 14 are those who heard but who are, quote, choked with cares, riches, and the pleasures of life and bring no fruit to maturity. The AIC's patron, St. John Chrysostom, taught that these people, having heard the commandments, had free will to obey or disobey them. Another great early father of the church, St. Gregory the Great Bishop of Rome, pointed out that one should not blame these same, quote, cares, riches, and pleasures of life for their own failure, having heard the truth of not cultivating it and allowing it to develop into a full, mature, spiritual, and inward development of the teachings of the church. This taking of the Christian truth to heart is a fundamental part of the discipline of Christian spirituality. Finally, the seeds that fell on good soil in verse 15 are those who, quote, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Again, this concept of internalizing the beliefs of the church is fundamental to the practice of Christian spirituality, which I discuss and explain in the AIC bookstore publication, Christian Spirituality and Anglican Perspective. In the parable of the sower, Jesus has offered Christians many points of instruction. These the church has developed over the years into doctrine based upon the Gospels and upon the teaching of the Apostles, especially Peter, Paul, James, and Jude. Jesus has also told us that in the first century, as in the time of Isaiah seven centuries earlier, and by extension in our own time and in the years to come, 21 centuries or more later, that there will always be those who have ears to hear, but hear not, and eyes to see, and see not. Hearing with your ears and seeing with your eyes is a spiritual concept, which means taking the gospel message into your innermost spiritual being, allowing the Holy Spirit who descends upon all Christians at their baptism to continue to guide you in your life, in your daily choices, building your faith so that you do not fall away from the true faith through sin. There is one additional understanding that has lost favor with modern Protestants who regard being saved as a once-in-a-lifetime and irreversible event. In light of the parable of the sower, you should find evidence in the writings of the Apostle Paul that even those who have heard can fall away from their belief. St. Paul's suggested antidote was the constant perfecting of salvation, by which he means nourishment and development of one's faith.
at this time of year, just days away from the penitential season of Lent, we should start to ponder the ways in which each of us can focus on repentance and restore our behavior to the right way as we come closer to our celebration after Lent of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Other AIC resources on topics discussed in this podcast homily are from the AIC Christian Education video series, The Lives of the Saints, from the first series in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer Saints, St. Paul is the focus of Episode 5, and St. Matthew of Episode 14. In the second series, focused on other saints in both the Western and Eastern Church traditions, Gregory the Great is the focus of Episode 14, and Archbishop Cranmer is one of three Anglican martyrs honored in Episode 26. Episodes are linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page. From the AIC Bookstore Publications, in the Gospel of Luke, annotated and illustrated, presented in 272 pages with 111 illustrations, St. Luke's account of the parable of the sower is discussed in Chapter 8 with an illustration on page 89. In the Acts of the Apostles, annotated and illustrated, presented in 224 pages with 78 illustrations, St. Paul's first missionary journey, including physical attacks on his person, is discussed in chapters 13 and 14. His founding of the church at Corinth on his second missionary journey is covered in chapter 18 with an illustration of Paul in the house of Aquila and Priscilla on page 127, and the shipwreck on the island of Malta in chapter 27, illustrated on page 173. In Revelation, an idealist interpretation, the concept of ears that hear or do not hear in the letters to the seven churches in Asia Minor is the subject of chapters 2 and 3, focused on the letters to the seven churches. The relationship to the writings of Isaiah is treated in the text box, He who has an ear let him to hear, let him hear, the Old and New Testament context, on page 36. The same material is also discussed in episode 4 through episode 8 of the companion AIC Bible study video series of the same name. In Christian Spirituality, an Anglican Perspective, you can read more insight into the spiritual discipline of Christian spirituality demonstrated in the life and writings of Archbishop Thomas Cranmer, the development of personal prayer habits, and examples of the apostolic wisdom of Saints Peter and Paul, Saints James and Jude. In the beliefs of the Anglican Church, you can read a summary statement on important church words and doctrines handed down from the apostles. And finally, in layman's lexicon, words and phrases of interest for this episode are heaven, judgment, kingdom, salvation, second coming, spirituality, and virtue. All the AIC bookstore publications are available 
using the virtual bookstore link at the bottom of the homepage at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net or directly from my Amazon Author Central page, https colon right slash right slash www.amazon.com right slash author right slash Ronald hyphen E hyphen Shibley. Everything after dot com must be in lowercase letters. The closing prayers are a prayer by our patron St. John Chrysostom based upon Matthew 24 verses 1 and 2 and the Collect for Sexagesima Sunday which Archbishop Cranmer adapted for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer from the Gregorian Sacramentary. O Lord, let us give heed to virtue and flee vice, that we may also attain the good things to come by the grace and love towards mankind by our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom and with whom be glory unto the Father, together with the Holy Spirit, now and always, world without end. Amen. O Lord God, who seest that we put not our trust in anything that we do, mercifully grant that by thy power we may be defended against all adversity through Jesus Christ our Lord. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.